heaven high, heaven high, heaven high, heaven high. Yeah. That was almost in tune, and you say that you can't sing. That's um, because I've got a cold, so it's, it, it, helps it retunes you. my nasal cavities. Actually, there have been some singers uh, who I've said, who I've heard, especially basses and people like that, where they actually look forward to having a cold because it gives their voice a very sonorous, rumbly quality. Uh, I wish I had a sonorous, rumbling quality. It's Rum Doings, episode 224. Do you want to hear my new impression? Go on. This is my impression of a train announcer. Go on then. That, that was be... a nuclear bomb was about to hit the train station. Everyone needs to evacuate or they'll definitely die. You see, when I did some corny joke about four years ago on this podcast about uh, wires in a drawer or something, you got really cross with me. Yet when you do a, basically a Jasper no. Carrot routine, uh, I have me, to I know w- applause and wank you off. I want, I want, I want those things, but I also want you to get cross to me because that was a terrible joke to have done. I can't believe I did it. It must be my cold, adult mind that allowed it through. I enjoyed it though. Well, Nick, what's the topic? The topic today is pray a moment of silence in Princess Anne's chesty time of need. <laughs> oh, that's actually making me cry. Nick, have you heard the good news? <laughs> Are you trying to convert me again? Here we go. Statins work and they're safe and everything's perfect about them and no more questions. <laughs> do you do you know who did the independent <laughs> review? I really, I just thought to myself, you know, I could spend a little bit of time finding out who ran this independent study. And I thought, oh, I can't be bothered. I'll just assume it was Ian Statin himself. <laughs> it was. Ian Statin, who had been uh, criticised for ignoring a, a lot of side effects, uh, took it on board to do an independent review of yes. his own review and Did said he get Shami Chakrabarti to do it? And uh, Dame, Dame Shami Chakrabarti is now Empress Chakrabarti because of it. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, whilst of, uh, originally being an expert in Jew prodding, suddenly became an expert in the um, in cholesterol transport. Wow. Very clever. She, she's amazing. She does any work for hire. She's a very, very clever, <laughs> clever woman. <laughs> Work for peerage. And work for peerage. So, uh, how, how have you been? It sounds like you've got a cold. Oh, I've got a cold. I haven't had a cold, I reckon, for about two months. Wow, for you, that's amazing. So, I'm I'm really sort of overwhelmed, excited. Mm-hmm. This is this is a novelty for me. Did Tobias really have one as well? It. Yes, obviously he's the little bastard that gave it to me. Just you wait till he starts nursery. Oh. I'm not going to let him go to nursery or school. I'm going to homeschool him just to avoid the colds. There was a uh, tale in one of the papers today, uh, or possibly it was just tweeted to one of Victoria's contact about... Or maybe you read it on some graffiti in a toilet. Yeah, uh, no, it was about apparently a... And they made a point about it being a genius black family, which they emphasized black, uh, rather reverse racistly, I thought, because they, they said they it was a family of 11. Even though they were black. Yeah, well, exactly. It was pretty idea. much that. It was a family of 11 <clears throat> uh, where, <clears throat> where they had homeschooled all of them. Uh, so nine, nine children were homeschooled and they all went to university and they all got their master's degree. Right. Okay. So there you go. Well, there we go. Now Even I know that being given some information means that you can pass exams. I, I, I've, neither of us could ever have thought of that on our own before. But it's interesting. I mean, they, I assume they must be Christian then. That, oh, course, that number yes. of children that number of children and the homeschooling, yes, yes, of course they were. Yeah. Uh, which also means that we're At least we're going to get grammar schools back now. That's good. 
I can teach a dog to... Uh, Can't you to, say to, black to... people like dogs? Very much so. That's basically the point I'm trying to make. What I was trying to say is I can teach a dog to sit up and do tricks if I beat it with a stick. Oh, okay. Or I can teach it to do tricks if I give it lovely rewards and praise. doesn't make homeschooling good that you can pass exams as a consequence of it. Can you ever justify homeschooling? I can. Um, I would have thought if I lived in a uh, fascist regime, for instance, Wales, where my child is going to be forced taught Welsh, yes. I could see that's a good justification. Or if, if you live in an area, you're stuck in poverty, you live in an area where the schools around you are very, very stabby, and you know that you can provide a better education to help your children escape if somehow you, you, you have that capability, which is an odd mixture of capabilities and circumstances, but let's assume it's the case. Uh, but there, even then, I would demand that you somehow make up for the uh, social conditioning that the children will lose. So you, I would demand that they be forced to join every single local yeah. scout troop and kids club and and chari- charity uh, uh, volunteers and all that kind of thing. You yes, need to I fill have, their life friends, up with that. I have friends who homeschooled all five of their kids and they are all well-rounded, fun, entertained, entertaining and entertained uh, and well-educated adults now um and have all done very well and had but they had extraordinarily busy social lives i think that's vital isn't it every club i think that's essential i'm not so i'm not like going ah homeschooling kills children i just don't think it's a better choice than going to school and also if you are going to do it you have to be so so careful to up the uh up the social meds absolutely how how is um married life treating you oh good grief really how many years has it been six minutes and eight seconds in how many years has it been uh, it shall be five years in but 16, 15 days. Okay, so now is a time to take stock. How is married oh, no, life no, treating not, you? No, now, now is not time to take stock. Now is the uh, the five-year um, review period begins. Oh, it was. You actually had that in your contract, oh, of didn't course, you? Yeah. So we, after two, we had a, it was a provisional two-year marriage with an option to roll to five years after two. At two years, we decided yes. We're going to continue this on to five years, and now we have the five-year review is due to take place. So my question was not point, fatuous, it was apropos and apposite. Um, in, in the sense that this is a fatuous and, 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 and nonsensical conversation that we're having in serious tones, yes. Um, so we're going to look to extending. Now, we can, we can extend to just another five years, or we can look to something slightly more long-term. Actually, I know, I, I think you need to extend to at least uh, until Toby's 18. So you think that's like seven, uh, 15 years, that's tripling, that's quite a commitment. I think, bearing in mind... You've Toby, met Laura, you I don't know if you think that's genuinely a good idea. Oh, uh, yeah, but you see, Toby, you, you've, you've thrown a spanner in the legal works here, so... Ah, uh, there's plenty. You know, now are you arguing that children can't be successfully raised in single-parent families? Even, jo- uh, John, even that black family, unusually, their, their father stayed around. Oh, God, now you're going to be racist. And therefore, and therefore they did well. So, you know, unless you want Toby to uh, become a ne'er-do-well, I'm afraid you're going to have to hang about. Well, A, perhaps I do, and B, you've... Are you re- are you seriously contending that having a former uh, a born and raised in Kidderminster human in uh, his life is is likely to prevent ne'er do wellness? Oh, that's true. It's mm-hmm. So many variables, so many confounders. Very complicated. See, at least your at least yours yeah. is from Hull. No, from Leeds. Please, you oh, went Leeds, to the university sorry. in Hull. I get muddled. Yeah. Hull, okay. it's Hull, Leeds. It's all northern hellhole. It's all yes, yeah, someone ghastly. Yes. But at least, you know, you've got, you can do something with Yorkshire, whereas I don't think you can do much with Kidderminster. No, I think it's, it's pretty much... It's done. 
Stunned. Remember, Leeds, Leeds voted Remain. I don't think it had missed a voted Remain. No, it certainly did not. No. Fortunately, my, my, my parents-in-law did. I know, but they, and they did it. Uh, and I, I was impressed, because, and they posted this on Facebook publicly, uh, certainly your, your mother-in-law did. They did it. Did you, no, I've, <laughs> you have far more intimate contact with they did it. They did it, even, even <laughs> though they had misgivings about the Remain argument. They did it because they trusted your and Laura's judgment about the future, what would be best for the future of Toby, which I thought was a very laudable. I did too. They're, mm. they're nice. They're good. They're good folks. It is. If only, if only the rest of uh, the baby boomers had been quite so thoughtful, eh? Although we're being told that Brexit's fine. Brexit's fine, fine, fine. Even though it hasn't happened yet, it's fine because look, the the, the money's all right, and people haven't killed all all the people yet, so it's fine. Not all of the people. It's fine. Yet. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Good. Well, I'm 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 very pro Brexit now because it's fine. Apparently, it's like the day after. Um, uh, Ch- Chamberlain announced uh, the Second World War. Nobody had died, really. That's that's, that's very fine. true. So, so therefore, the Second World War was fine. It was no problem. And what they'd be so worried about in Munich? It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's fine. It's lovely, lovely. Uh, tell me about Big Man Sky. <laughs> no Man's Sky. I'm not being uh, uh, obviously I'm being arch in calling it Big Man's Sky, but what I'm not being arch about is I genuinely don't know what it is. What's the fuss about? What is it revolutionary and what, and how is it disappointing? Do you not think that would be a uh, something you could better address by listening to a podcast about video games rather than yet again? Sadly, the rock paper shotgun podcast doesn't happen you... anymore. No, tell tell it to me in an interesting way. I can tell you it to you in a brief way. That's probably the best option. And uh, brief um, and interesting, please. So in uh, 1833, when the game was first announced, uh, it's, a, it's a game made by a small group of, of developers in Guildford. Of course. Who, who'd found their fame and riches through a game called Joe Danger. Uh-huh. Which had performed well on consoles. Um, what sort of game was it? A shooty it shooty? A, it was a uh, a rip off. I shall boldly say a rip off of tribes. Uh, the uh, not tribes. Oh god! Oh my of brain. God. So there's a, a there's a a, 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 a drivey motorbikey game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just confused it with Tribes Vengeance. What's it called? Uh, it's called. Uh, I, I was trying to remember a motorbike game that I played in Amiga, but I couldn't remember it. So sadly, no. No, I've obviously lost my mind. Anyway, yeah. they made and uh, trials. That's what I'm trying to say. Trials, trials Ubisoft's uh, and Red Links and tribulations. Yes, made trials, and it's a sort of cartoon version of trials, but actually far too hard, uh-huh. ridiculously hard side-scrolling motorbike uh, platform action game. Excellent. It's more of a puzzle game than a motorbike game, anyway. Far too difficult, but it did very well. They made some money, um, and so they started making this project called No Man's Sky, in which they said they were going to create an entire universe, eighteen quintillion star systems. 80 quintillion. 18, one eight, don't exaggerate. Okay. Um, which I think is a million trillion, if I'm correct. Yes. Um, and they, and so this was the promise, and you would be able to fly your spaceship to any one of these stars in the entire sister, entire universe slash galaxy, I get muddled, which is which. <laughs> um, I know which is which, but they, they are very, their own website doesn't seem to know the difference. Um, and you go to a star system and you can land on any planet and each planet will be completely unique with procedurally generated landscapes and flora, fauna and flora. Okay. Um, and that Procedural was the generation, of course, the, like Elite what, at the time, was, was revolutionary at that time, but is not so revolutionary in gaming, but I suppose the scope of it was revolutionary. The scale, the scale without yeah. question, is, is, is revolutionary. There are, a lot, there are other games offering 
galaxies yeah but nothing quite so free form as this uh and that was about three years ago i think they made the initial announcement and then sony uh decided they wanted to publish it and they wanted to make it a ps4 exclusive right uh, to keep it out of microsoft's hands okay um its exclusivity from pc was uh, four days but um <laughs> Right, but that's fine. That, that would that, if PC represents five percent of the market. It's the it's the uh, it's the f- nearly fifty percent that Microsoft have. They didn't want right getting hold of it. Sorry, um, PC represents what, John? PC that five... that thriving that thriving gaming platform was it? Of the cross platform market, they represent approximately five percent of cross platform sales. I see. For PC unique sales, they represent a hundred percent. I love that reason. That's worthy of 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 of, a, of momentum. Thank you. Are all the people yeah. who wish to vote for Jeremy Corbyn a hundred percent of them do? I, I saw it. I saw um, the uh, that 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 poll publishing Twitter account um, published the thing saying that you know looking at May's uh, general electorate's opinions of May's performance and Corbyn's performance, and May was forty five points positive and Corbyn was forty five point forty points negative. Yes. And there was the, the replies were fantastic. And one of the replies from someone with a Corbyn banner on his Twitter avatar was saying, this is absolutely uh, ridiculous because if you look at Corbyn's uh, ratings amongst Labour voters, he's plus he's 15% or plus 15% or something daft like that. Although he, he, that's not even true. That's a very filtered as actual potential Labour voters. He's, he's negative. Yeah, absolutely. But then, <laughs> but, so, yeah, yeah. But they come in and say it's ludicrous for you to publish this data because it's. And he said that the reason it's ludicrous is because by asking everyone, you're asking conservative voters, and of course they're not going to vote for Corbyn. <laughs> and that was his rationale against this this uh, this polling. They really, genuinely don't seem to understand what a general election is, or no. absolutely just don't care. As far as they're concerned, they there is a a club they want to have joined, which which has, will which will become their a, a, a universe unto itself. Line they can yeah labor is a procedurally generated uh, a, a self-contained universe they can share the same village hall for their meetings with the liberal democrats so back to your your video games um so sony got involved and at that point obviously a lot of money got involved and a lot of promotion so it was given pr- uh, a huge platform at e3 uh-huh. It was a centerpiece of Sony's presentations, um, and the head guy at Hello Games, a guy called Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, no, is that right? Oh, I've forgotten his name. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? He's irrelevant. Um, he uh, got to be on a lot of TV shows. He was on Colbert's Letterman show. Colbert's um, Letterman show. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't know what they call it. The Late Show with Stephen Colbert or something. But anyway, he Larry was on Sanders. That. He was on Larry Sanders. Yeah, he was on Larry Sanders, and they pl- and so he's all over the place presenting this game in a major sc- scale. But he made a lot of of promises of what this game was going to be before in a, this game in was. a in a Peter Molyneux sort of way. I assume. Well, it's, they, they're both based in Guildford. Yeah, so possible. Um, I don't know. No, it, it wasn't in. I would say very definitively, it wasn't in a Peter Molyneux way. In that. Uh, in that he hasn't spent the last 30 years making uh, t- saying outlandish things that haven't come true. Okay. He's, you know, the guy's in his 20s. So sure. he um, he was saying, this is what we hope this game is going to be. Okay. Um, but he, unfortunately, I think he will, in future, if he's making these suggestions, he was saying, this is what we hope rather than this is what it will. Yeah. Because by the time the game came out, it wasn't an awful lot of the things that people's expectations had been raised to desire okay but what was uh, and i know yeah talking about games is tease but i'm being a little bit meta here because i'm on the search for something that breaks gaming out of what i 
feel is its confines. So I'm always interested, is this a step on the way into beyond the gaming stratosphere no, the, and the, into space? Pro- so what was what was the big promise beyond the scope? Because, okay, it's it's quantillion times bigger than Elite is not that interesting. It's just bigger. The Who prob- cares? The problem, what was the promise? It's complex because the promise was a presentation style that it hasn't achieved. So they would show they would show him playing it in front of there's this ghastly IGN videos of their playing it while IGN go, Oh, can you shoot things? Where's the gun? Uh, um, for real, literally saying that. Um, so the sort of things I'd say by parody. Yes, exactly. And then to the other end of the extreme, to going on to shows like Colbert and and, and having a mainstream audience but what they showed there wasn't real so when the game now you actually play the game you can't take off from planet surfaces and land on other planets as seamlessly as as it you can do it what's joyful is you can literally just take off from a planet see another planet in the same star system fly to it land on it there's no loading between that okay what doesn't happen is it load beautifully in front of you instead you get this horrible fizzing and really terrible uh graphics that pop up popping pop in graphics on a scale like i've never seen in a game before right um, and, and it doesn't look anything like it looked in the promo videos. There are early trailers that showed these absolutely wonderful dinosaur-like creatures that uh, the reality in the game, they are nothing nothing like that. There were suggestions that because each planet develops, it has its own uh, flora and fauna, they're supposed to develop according to the weather systems on that planet and the nature of the, the way that the planet's generated should define the animals that live there. Yes. It's not really like that. And much more realistically, it's like, you know, those kids' books where the... Um, they're divided into three sections and you can rotate the flap so you can have uh, an egg with a chicken's head and a robot's bottom. Yes. And you move the flaps around. It's essentially that's how the animals are created. Oh, right, yes. Um, and, and, so, and, uh, and so you get completely unique animals on every planet, but you start to see the, 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 the patterns from which they're developed pretty quickly. Um, and they don't interact with each other beyond aggressive ones sometimes attack non-aggressive ones. Sure. Um... And there's no the, none, none of the greatness that was shown in the early trailers really made it through. That so that that's but that's normal and that's understandable. You're promoting your game. You're saying this is what we're aiming for. This is what we're hoping to achieve. And they probably were aiming and hoping to. Of achieve course, it, yeah. and they're ten guys in Guildford. You know, at a certain yeah. point, there's a limit to what they, yeah. they were capable of. Um, the bigger issue is that people's imaginations were captured by this and well, why so what will i do so you i've got an entire universe i've got this ability to fly to planets that no other player in and the reality is that if every person in the world played this game discovering one planet a second our own sun would be destroyed before yeah, the game yeah. is finished blah 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 it really is on this immense scale so what do you do in it and then that's where people's imaginations came in because they never really said and it turns out nothing uh, okay so there was a hope that there would be a reason uh, or that there would perhaps be some sort of generative behavior, emergent pattern that would um, would come out when you have so, such a big universe and people interacting with it, but that didn't happen. That's the other big problem, was that there was a lot of ambiguity about whether you would be able to interact with other players. Because if you find a, a, a solar system, you name it, and if you find and land on planets, you can name them, and then if you scan animals and plants and so forth, you can then name them. So you have your impact on the universe. If someone else then lands in that same, goes to that same star system, they'll see. And I've done that. I've been to star, star, star systems that other people have been to before me and name stuff so you have that impact but you can't actually ever see another player they, they there was a point where he lied on well he didn't lie this is not the right word he told he said, a miss he told a misfact what or he said a thing that they were planning to do and then later discovered wasn't possible that's that's the more realistic version of these event of these things it's different from molyneux going on and saying oh our game has this feature in it and then the, the rest of the team going 
oh my goodness now we have to figure out how we put that yeah, yeah. in our game he said so he said on Colbert the only way you'll find out what you look like is if you land on a planet with another player and the two of you uh, can see each other but he said the likelihood of that happening is so infinitesimal because the, the scale of the game um, yes of course so of course within a 24 hours of release two people on Reddit managed to land on the same planet <laughs> at the same time because Reddit and um, they couldn't see each other it was different times of day there was yeah, uh, and the impact you have on the planet isn't actually reflected. So if I go and mine a particular uh, ore from this one p- point on the planet, uh, which I've been doing is carving statues into into the ore. Rude willies. I haven't actually done a rude willy, disappointingly. But uh, That's they, wrong. If you. someone else were to land on the same planet, that wouldn't be there. They, they wouldn't they, see that, your rude willies. They wouldn't see my rude willies. That the level of impact isn't there all they'll get to see is these incredibly um infantile name choices i make for different planets mm. oh um so the scope and i don't i don't know what would have been possible with more time and more money i have no idea because i don't make games and mm. it's difficult it's tough for them because they of course their ne- their steam rating is fantastically negative um people are absolutely furious the scale at which people wanted to get refunds from the game is so great that steam have had to add a disclaimer on the site saying there's no special dispensations for this game you can't just get your money back off because this is and of course what happens is the hateful entitlement of people mm. who <laughs> someone put on rps recently instead of saying you... entitlement can you just say expectations please no, I'm, I'm, I'm not allowing you to use that word. I'm not allowing you to use the the word toxic or entitlement for the next three months. You can take toxic from me, but I'm talking very specifically here. Um, these are people who say I've played this game for thirty hours and I'm now very disappointed with it. I want my money back. It's that level of bratish yeah. nasty. It wasn't kick. At least it wasn't a Kickstarter. That's all we can say. No, it's, it was a and and this is the problem. It's an odd game in that you can you can get bored of it after 20 30 hours that's what seems to be happening to most people mm-hmm. and then they feel very dissatisfied because they've grown bored. how much does it cost 40 pounds okay despite the fact that the average 40 pound game lasts for a 10 to 15 hours yeah so there's this weird confusion in the, but at the end of that 15 hours you've been told the story and you've won and you've 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 rescued the princess and killed the the boss Whereas in No Man's Sky, you just ran out of stuff to do and got bored. Except unless you're me and you're obsessively playing it with every waking second. Oh, right. With no good justification for doing so, because I'm, there's, I just find it incredibly calming and relaxing. Well, that's the best way to play these things, isn't it? As a kind of ther- ther- therapeutic mind balm. But it doesn't change the fact that I think, oh my goodness, give me six months and a budget and I will create you a glorious narrative. Um, I will create a, a system that works within the, the the procedural generation of these planets such that... So they have two threads in the game which are clearly desperately last minute. Yeah. One is that you get to the centre of the galaxy and there's something that happens there. I've not done that, so I don't know what it is. The other is that you chase after this godlike creature called Atlas um, for whom there are um, abandoned, ruined churches and mm-hmm. structures dedicated to and as you go down this chain you, you you get toward the atlas you get gather atlas stones and you don't know why you're doing it and you get to the center and you eventually find atlas and it is the most anticlimactic and insulting to the point where i thought i actually now deserve a written apology from hello games <laughs> for how bad and what a massive waste of my time pursuing this very dreary very repetitive quest chain was um and that and they that, that neither offers even vaguely any purpose to the game but i could i could i could write you a story and i could have you exploring things that would be plonked onto planets that uh, you know you go to a star system you go three star systems and it automatically generates this storied 
element on this one planet and it gives you directions to get there and you start to then the player would feel like they were going somewhere and doing something well talking about space narrative um, we've started watching from the beginning again star trek the next generation oh because they went to the original film negatives and restored them so it's no longer in blur vision and they also redid, they redid some of the uh, model shots of CGI and so on. Uh, and oh, so, that's a shame. So last night we got to the first holodeck episode, <laughs> where he plays a where Picard plays a detective. Do, 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 do you know what happens to the holodeck? John? I'm going to take a wild guess and say that everything goes completely smoothly. <laughs> Believe it or not, the no, holodeck. What? The holodeck malfunctions. They can't get in. And somebody who gets shot in the holodeck is actually injured. Oh, come on now. There are safety settings on the holodeck to prevent such things. But the safety protocols seem to have been <sighs> violated. And you see, it's just extraordinary. I'll tell you the word, but, but of all of that, that's awful. All of that's terrible. Yep. You know, do you know the moment that annoyed me the most? Um, it's when Picard had been uh, kissed by one of his detective clients when he'd been on the holodeck. Mm-hmm. He then left the holodeck and was telling the rest of the crew in his ready room how amazing the holodeck was. Um, Dr. Crusher then wiped off the lipstick from his cheek where he'd been kissed. What? Now, uh, you know, I thought... That, that, why did that how many how many rewrites and editors and directors had that scene gone through why did nobody say hold on a moment you know it, it reminded me actually a few years ago i don't know if i mentioned on the podcast where i actually did a freedom of information request on a local council because they put up posters about local education being so brilliant in barnet where they had misused the apostrophe twice mm. and i said and I actually did a freedom of information request saying, I want to know the exact, how many, how has this poster been put up all over the, 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 the borough? Uh, what was spent on it? How many committees did it, vetted it and so on? Because, okay, if one person had suddenly decided to plaster all of Barnet yeah. with that, that's fine. But think about what that's gone through. Uh, similarly, think about what an episode. Did you, get, did you get your request? I got a big, uh, a big document dump showing it had indeed gone through dozens and dozens of different <laughs> committees, and it had cost thousands, and nobody cared. Yeah, uh, but it's just extraordinary to think that that sort of error could make it through a major. Because I mean, there's no argument about it. That's an error that just shouldn't have happened. Full stop. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of extraordinary that that was allowed through. And so, again, you think... I, I, and it's actually... I think the holodeck is the worst thing about Star Trek. Because it's lazy and it allows people... Where they say, oh, I can't be asked to write science fiction anymore. I want to write uh, a bit of film noir. Or I want to write a detective story. Or I want to write this and that and the other. And they just, mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't have to do it in any particularly imaginative way. They just say, okay, I'm suddenly going to do that. At least in the original series, they had to go down to another planet where people were weirdly yeah. were ancient Greeks or whatever. <laughs> and they had to somehow tie it into the space narrative. No, no, don't bother, don't bother about that. And what was amazing about how the, literally how they didn't bother tying it in at all is that at the end of this episode, um, he managed to get out because Wesley Crusher pressed some buttons. Uh, and he there, and, and of course, one of his uh, fellow crewmen who'd been in there playing the game with him had been shot and was on the verge of dying. It took him off, and then 
uh, uh, Beverly Crusher took him off to sick bay. Uh, the captain immediately went to the bridge, uh, did some little thing with some aliens, which got him applause because he did some greeting ceremony right. And then he said, instead of saying, uh, engage or make it so, he says, step on it. And that's how it ends, you know. And I thought, mm-hmm. hold on, one of your crew members uh, was, was, was almost fatally wounded. You didn't think before you made your little quip to go and check on him or worry about why a major system... Sa- they didn't even find out why the major system failures ha- had happened, by the way. There wasn't really an explanation about it. They'd been scanned by this alien race. And right, I thought, oh, yes. maybe it was the scanning. Uh, uh, but, uh, oh, well, never mind about that. that we, tacky the, the, on particles. Now. Yeah, never mind that Some that, that at, the, at the core of this uh, ship's tra- training uh, mechanism, which is what it actually is there for, is a massive and potentially fatal flaw. And for flaw. rest and recuperation. Don't take that away. Yeah, uh, there's a massive fatal flaw there. But don't worry about it. Yeah. Let's let's make a funny quip and then, then end the episode. Uh, so, so I was thinking the only way you could do a good holodeck episode would be to have it not go wrong at any point. But it's the same thing. I was saying that to Victoria. The episode before that had been, let's go down to the idyllic uh, planet of rest and restoration that isn't as it seems. <laughs> do you know what I would have really loved? An yeah, episode an episode where they go down to the planet Magrathia or whatever and they have fun. Have a lovely time. And, then they ca- and you just see how people do have lovely time in the future. And you enjoy it vicariously, and then they come back. Yes. They never, well, I, ever had so, the bravery to do that. Ever. So it occurs to me, there was an episode, listen, there was an episode of Voyager, mm-hmm. in which the Doctor, mm-hmm. um, who was a holographic projection... Uh, yes, I know, I watched it, yeah. Okay, he, um, played by Robert Picardo, who has the same birthday as me. There's some interesting facts for you. Utterly uninteresting fact. No, yep. I know. Yep. He, uh, so the doctor is a grumpy, grumpy doctor. And yes. saying, you don't have a good bedside manner. We need to teach you a good bedside manner. So to do that, we're going to give you a wife and daughter. Yes. Um, and then the program that, that, that runs, um, the daughter ends up dying of a disease he can't cure. Yes. And I promise this is true. And I know this sounds like a cartoon to me, but this has never happened in any other Star Trek episode. I cried. Really? You beautiful. don't say. The performance was amazing. The really, storyline was moving, say. and the and and he learned horrible lessons in the most brutal way. I think I remember it. Yes, right. Didn't go wrong. Wasn't a mistake. Wasn't an error in the holodeck. And that's the one time they used a holodeck story, a, a hologram. You know, because the, yeah, the, yeah. the doctor was the holodeck outside the holodeck. <laughs> yes, and it worked really well. It was one of the best episodes they ever made in their entire run. Yeah, well, I, I agree, and I've always thought that those are actually the best aspects of any long series if you can get that sort of minutiae right uh, for example um in uh, of all the tintin books i think castafiore castafiore's emerald is the best because they don't really go anywhere nothing particularly amazing happens uh it's a bit of a domestic drama some gypsies get accused of doing things they didn't but it all stays very local and in Would the end there's you- Hmm? Would you have thought that the best Tintin book, if it didn't exist as an anomaly within the rest of the oeuvre? Possibly not, but that, but at least there is that anomaly. Similarly, I think that the best... But no, ep- I, think, I don't think you could dismiss that quite so easily. You no, require no. the, the yeah, banality yeah. or the... Or, yeah, or no, the I, I'm not asking for every single it. episode to do that. I'm just asking for one or two. And it never happened in The Next Generation. I um, used to watch... Because Next Generation was shown originally... Its original broadcast in the UK was... Six after o'clock school, on, I know. On, six o'clock on a Wednesday on BBC. I remember it very well, so did I. Me too. And so Thursday morning... It's a real treat. 
Thursday mornings we had uh, chemistry A level lessons, or the TNG debrief, as it was more accurately called. Exactly. So we just, and that, the only reason I ever watched it was in order that I could join in the conversation and distract our teacher who also watched it from bothering to teach us boring chemistry A level. That's the biggest skill anybody learns: how to distract the teacher. Yeah. I got an N in chemistry A level. Let's not forget. So he, uh, so we would, I would watch it for that reason, and therefore have this painfully encyclopedic knowledge of Star Trek: Next Generation, a show I never really cared for. <laughs> That's funny. I, uh, but again, another example of where you do the episode that's mundane and doesn't play to the gugor of the series can be the best episode. And of course, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the death of Buffy's mother. Oh yes. And uh, the only shame about that episode is that they was didn't spoil it at the yeah, end. They the didn't hospital, quite yeah. have the courage of their convictions, and she yeah. had to then kill kill a monster at the end. There were some Just vampires the in the hospital. It was a, yeah, and it was such an odd moment because it felt so grotesquely incongruous to the episode you just it wasn't grot- it didn't feel so grotesquely incongruous it was it was okay. utterly uncalled for and it was a mistake and in future if anybody watches that episode just don't worry turn, ca- turn, turn it off five minutes before the end otherwise yeah. it will be spoiled that's true yeah um a few episodes of Star Trek Next Generation obviously were the exception because that was when the writers suddenly gained a level of self-awareness that Always went, immediately went away the week after, which yes. I never quite understood. Of course, you forget the very first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation was a Q episode. Was it? Gotcha. Escape, Escape from Farpoint or whatever it was called. Encounter at Farpoint. Oh. It's where Q put all of humanity on trial. Okay. Yeah. There was an episode of Lois and Clark, which in Britain we cleverly renamed The New Adventures of Superman, uh-huh. uh, where uh, Moriarty shows up. Uh-huh. Um... He's tra- time travelling with H.G. Wells on his time machine. Uh-huh. Because uh, classic literature, never a strong point. Mm-hmm. And uh, he looks at Lois and says, Glasses on, glasses off, Superman, Clark Kent, you're the stupidest woman in the universe. <laughs> right. And it was, uh, you could just feel like it was, uh, it was years and years of pent-up rage. And then never the shall we speak of that again. Yeah. Well, this was when she... Did, I think this is how she found out who... Oh, sorry to anyone listening who didn't know. Oh, yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Clark Kent is Superman. That's why that conceit is so painfully boring to watch on television. There's no one watching who is also equally stuck. <sighs> yeah, yeah, but it's very, it's very easy to deal with. You just say that actually putting on the glasses does some sort of reality distortion thing. I don't mind. No, 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 no. I really don't mind the fact that it's a, uh, he's, he's not very different looking, is he? Uh, which again is it, it's it's clumsy and lazy. In Supergirl, they're equally lazy with it. It's not that I'm not talking about that as the issue. My issue is that as a viewer, it's really frustrating that I know this piece of information that absolutely no one in the cast knows, in the in the in the show knows. So well, yeah. What what? How you would deal with it today is you use some sort of CGI, and as soon as he puts on his glasses, a distortion no, field not appears, listening. and then you'll be fine. I, I as a viewer need to not know. Yes, but that would deal with. Yeah, but that okay. would deal with that. Or just have a mask for crying out loud. But it would be, wouldn't that be interesting? A superhero show where you, as the viewer, weren't sure which one of us the ordinary of these ordinary citizens was the hero. They must have done that. I don't think so. No, then no one has yet to make my movie idea as well, which is the one where the the it's fight it's Fight Club meets a superhero, where no. the superhero and the and the alter ego don't know they're the same person. That's a, there's a storyline. Someone make that. That's my brilliant idea. You can have that for free. Universe. That's basically kind of a kind of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde thing. Sort of. Well, no, because Doctor Jekyll knows he's or Hyde certainly knows he's Jekyll. No, I mean. So I just mean Superman 
and and Clark Kent, but Clark Kent schizo schizo are, Superman are having well, it's not as you know, it's not schizophrenia; it's multiple personality it, disorder. No, I've decided that schizophrenia is another word for multiple personality disorder. Stop <laughs> it now! Confuse a lot of schizophrenics. Well, they they're already confused, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, so the, yes, that's my point. Is and as a viewer, you, you so in a sort of Fight Clubish way, you don't realise it either. Yes, um, that was that's a good idea. And then you, as the viewer, get to have them. Oh my god, you're the superior at the same time as the character has that that revelation. That's true. It's, it's true. a damned good idea, and everyone listening knows that it's a damn good idea. And if there's a movie producer listening, you can the check. I'll you can email me for my address for the check. <laughs> really, you want a check in 2016? Yeah, I don't know what I'll do with it. <laughs> a bank, uh, a, a, a postal order. The nearest bank I could pay a check into for my bank is 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 in eighteen twelve. Yes, twenty five minutes drive away. Oh goodness gracious! So, um, when are you going to America? Oh, I don't have any plans. We had an American friend staying with us at the moment, and it's a bit disappointing to realise how long it's been since I've been to America. But because uh, you, you just mentioned E or whatever that was called, was it the E E three E three? Where's that? L A. Unfortunately. So yeah, a few years ago you went there. I went 2009, 2011 in my two E3 years. So why don't you do a, do a jaunt, do a jaunt, and write well, for it on E3 the arc. The fiery passion. I know, but you, what you should do is... I want you to go should... to GDC in March no. next year. That's no, 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 no. Go to one of these ones that you hate with a passion and use that passion to write a coruscating article about all that's hateful and make that the thing. I did that in 2009 and 2011. I did you, though. I did. I wrote diaries both times about how, how, what a miserable time I was having. What was so bad about it, really? It's just a horrible corporate uh, ghastly. Is it just because you're in LA and you don't it's, like LA? That it's the fact that it's in LA compounds the horror. Uh-huh. The fact that you, you you are in this vast convention center that is 15 minutes to walk from one end to the other, mm-hmm. um, just full of competing major publishers trying to out out subwoofer each other. <laughs> Um, oh, it's so horrible. And everyone is lying to you all day long. And there's something psychically damaging about just being lied to all day long. But at some point, don't you just break and you just start calling it out saying, no, what you just told me is rubbish. And here's why A, B, C. Don't you well, just you want up- to. But unfortunately, you're in a room with 30 other gormless journalists who are going, oh, oh, wow, and clapping. And then you want to snap all their arms off. Journalists don't. Stop clapping. They need to be disinterested. They don't clap. Exactly. They need to be disintegrated. <laughs> yes oh, oh the clapping oh the clapping makes me so angry I, go, I went along to uh, uh, at, at, at GDC two years ago I went along to NVIDIA's announcement NVIDIA's announcement oh you, meant, you mentioned on the podcast yeah it was supposed to be oh. revolutionary and it just turned yes. what did it end up turning out being I can't even remember I, a, a, a copy of that oh I've forgotten what it's called that silly that silly game streaming system that never really took off yes um, and they were copying that, except you had to own a console in order to play the games that you were streaming from a, their bank of things. And uh, anyway, and, and that was going to be the second coming. But this announcement was in taking place inside the Masonic Center at the top of Nobs Hill in San Francisco. <laughs> Have you ever walked up Nobs Hill? We walked up Nobs Hill because our hotel was on the top of it. Oh, Not only did we walk up it, it was very hot. And Victoria <coughs> was seven months pregnant. So you died. <laughs> she died. Yes. We both are dead now. The, 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 what's extraordinary about that hill is that it surely isn't safe for, for people to be on. No, it's so steep that walking walking up it is miserable because we, it's so. We steep. and we walking had our luggage. Down it feels positively dangerous. We had our luggage, but you know what was oh. a, a, you know a fun way of going up it 
which we did do. We went, uh, sadly, Victoria didn't because she couldn't because she was pregnant and they wouldn't allow her. But Judge Coxcomb, who came with us on the trip, did, and so did I. We took the Segway. Oh, okay. And we segwayed up Nobs Hill, which, of course, the, you, you could tell, you know, the Segway had to have a lot of torque to be able to do that. And it yes, felt I'm very surprised odd. it could. I'm very more surprised if it would be able to go down without just hurtling and killing you. <laughs> I, I believe we might have taken a different route down the fire. I don't think anyone who has who hasn't been there can can really believe how steep it is. There's a mm. there's a you'll think to yourself how steep a sidewalk could safely be. Yes. And you'll put a limit on and it is it is steeper than you're currently thinking. But it's got those little groovy things in it on the sidewalk. <laughs> it has it's got it so there's that two, helps. there's smooth paved sidewalk either side and then a sort of step. So you can ratchet your way up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But you they're can... not comfortable steps. They're not step height. So they, they're all wrong. And so they, 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 oh, oh, it's awful. Get a cab. That's what I say. Or get the tram up one of the nearby things and walk along. Yeah. But yes, anyway, so I was up there for that. And the clapping. Oh, the clapping. Like, like, uh, imbecilic seals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, does that happen in the UK as well? Is that an American thing or is that a games thing? They don't really have any game conventions in the UK. Really? No, they used to have, um... What's that? The hardware-ish one in London. I forgot what it's called now. Redcom. I don't think even that happens anymore. So there's no games uh, convention there's, in the UK? There's stuff. There's stuff that happens. And there's, there's, of course, there's EGX, I should Of course there's EGX. Is there? Um, which is Eurogamer's convention. Which is huge, but it doesn't have the... It's not... It's a, it's a, it's a show rather than a convention. It's a... It's a public show, so the public can come in and play games before they release and stuff. And the press go along and do stuff behind the scenes, but it's really for the public that one. Whereas um, E3 is is and GDC are for the press and the developers. Do you know what I suddenly realised? When is the final vote and tally for the Labour Party leader? I don't know. I voted weeks ago, so I don't exactly. Know. I I keep thinking. Hold on, it should have happened last century. What's going on? Why is it still a thing? Yeah. You know, why was he on question time with his... They were both on question time yesterday and Corbyn was apparently being every uh, 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 Jew dare to speak up in the audience and all the Corbynistas booed him for suggesting that Jezza wasn't the greatest of friends or so on. And it just sounded very, very unpleasant. I thought, well, why is this still going on? Surely it should have There's nothing. There's nothing that disproves anti-Semitic sentiments better than booing a Jew. (laughs) Boo a Jew. But I... (laughs) I, I, Have you booed a Jew today? But what I want to know is genuinely uh, what's going on. Seriously, what is look, obviously he's going to win. Yeah, yeah. But why hasn't it just been put to bed? I, well, I think it's just because it's the standard voting procedure. But what I don't understand is why that thing happened last night when they have been, I've, you, I've been receiving multiple emails a week begging me to vote for the last month. So mm-hmm. why why wait if they you know they they made it they're emphatic that I should have voted weeks ago why not why try to convince people yeah. who've probably already voted by now it is odd isn't it uh, um, now we're back to UK politics and I'm depressed well let's think about something more exciting like US politics <laughs> I I so wish that Donald Trump win. <laughs> You're wrong. You're wrong to wish that. No, no. Because the be harm brilliant. he could do in four he, years is too he, great. He won't have four years and he won't do any harm. No, you forget that while he... he The, the Republicans will be able to do plenty And we've discussed harm. this before. No, they won't. Because the Republicans will be ripping themselves and him apart. It will just be complete chaos. Look, four years of Hillary gets you somebody like... Um, uh, I don't know. Think Jeb of the, Bush. 
No, no, worse no? than that. I mean, it'll, it'll be uh, somebody far, far right, complete uh, pendulum okay. swing. It'll be someone awful, uh, like Ted Cruz. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, four years of Trump, and uh, that's it for the Republicans. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> that's it for the Republicans for the next generation. I wish there were... A, uh, I, I'm praying that they're right and Trump might win, because that would be the most brilliant thing for the American left that ever happened. I disagree. But sadly, I think I think Hillary will win. I just disagree. I don't think it will destroy the Republicans. I think it will embolden them to be this post-Trump Republicanism. No. I disagree. He is, I think it's it will be a such a disaster. Too big a gamble. Brilliant. He said yesterday that the proof that uh, Putin is a good leader yes. is that Hillary deleted emails. He genuinely said that. That's not, I'm not, I'm not summarising unfairly. He said, why do you yeah. think that Putin's a good leader? And he said, well, because Putin, you know, I may not agree with how he does it, but he's got great approval ratings and he's really strong. He's a very strong leader. And yeah, sure, I may not like how he's a strong leader, but he's a really strong leader. And if you look at someone like uh, Hillary Clinton, she deleted tens of thousands of emails, which uh, in any corporate world would be a prison sentence. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was his logic. But yeah. what I don't understand I said, is how are we in a situation where... Making speaking out strongly in favour of Putin isn't the end, isn't the full stop on his campaign. Yeah, but you could say the same thing about uh, the the Clinton Foundation was given huge amounts of money by Putinist Russians and Saudis, and uh, she then gave them favours. That should be the end of her campaign as well. They are both. They are both hideously corrupt and being corrupt behind the scenes doesn't end the campaign. We know that. Saying, I'm pro-Russia in America. Okay. How okay. is America in a situation where saying, I'm pro-Russia, is now not the death of someone's campaign? Imagine if I, imagine if I told you five years ago, oh, a, a prospective American presidential candidate could say, I'm pro-Putin, I'm pro-Russia, Be- and then and continue onwards. You because, wouldn't have believed me. Because Putin has pivoted, and now he is, on, he is the strong man to the left and the right. Wendy Deng Murdoch Putin. Yes. Was that true or was that just I a still rumor? A, still a rumor, isn't it? Yes, sadly. P- Putin's popularity amongst the Corbynistas is my favourite thing that's ever happened. In terms of when I, by favourite, I mean the thing that makes me want to scream into a pillow until I die. Why are you so surprised? They they love Stalin as well. He's just an, a reincarnation of the strong Russian man who fights against the wicked West. What's so odd about it? Uh, well, it's my first time encountering it. I wasn't really around for the whole Stalin business. Oh, sad. It was it was great fun. <laughs> did you enjoy it? I did. I, um, uh, certainly, uh, it, I, I, I felt that it it, it it added a little bit of pepper to politics. Sometimes I forget that you're 130 years old. Talking about Stalinists, um, do you know that George Galloway quietly dissolved the Respect Party? I heard this because he wants to come back to Labour. He's coming back now. to Labour, yes. Yes. That's going to be, be brilliant. Nice. That'll be the, the that'll be the strychnine sugar on on, on the arsenic cake. <laughs> surely not. Surely even even surely even Corbyn wouldn't wouldn't do that. So grammar schools bringing back pounds and ounces. Uh, what 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 else <laughs> for these Brexity uh, public hangings? Baby boomers. Yeah. Enforced Morris dancing. That's right. Yes, Corn- Cornish taught in all schools around the whole country. <laughs> yes. uh, there's a new radio station that's only going to play British music that's coming out as well. Brexit <laughs> FM or whatever. 
and every banana be so bendy that its tip touches its tip. <laughs> and usually that requires specialised online services to see. That's true. Right, sure. we need to stop now because I'm going to die of old age. Goodbye. Have fun dying. Thanks. Love you. Bye.